Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. And, and 
depression that overwhelms us. And in many ways, we're not searching for the perfect solution of the moment, but we simply need to be consoled. And this was what the people of Israel were hoping for. Yes, they were hoping for a king. Yes, they were hoping for a savior. But there was a consolation and a comfort they craved. The hope that the people held on to in their waiting was not simply that God would come, but that God would come and console and comfort and care for them. And as humans, as friends, as family, we're more aware than ever that we need to be consoled. And to be consoled is not to simply be acknowledged. I didn't just go to Wells and say, hey, bud. It's not simply to be spoken to. It's not even just a kind gesture. It is to be near. It is to be present. It is to empathize, and it is to come close. And the consolation of Israel had come in the person of Jesus to console the broken people that God so loved. See, the narrative of Christmas is odd in its interactions because the birth of Jesus was not an event that celebrated the insiders, the people that had it all together. It wasn't specifically for them. The Gospels of Luke and Matthew depict the birth of Jesus as the gathering of not the rich and powerful, but the lower class in Mary and Joseph, the common workers in the shepherds, and the religious outsiders in the Magi. God wants all who feel alone, uncertain, heavy burdened, or perhaps simply exhausted to know the simple truth that Jesus has come to be with you. And that your perceived dysfunctions are not disqualifications. I believe in a God that is with us, a God that is with you, a God that has come, and this is a news that is necessary and essential here this Christmas Eve. Emmanuel, God with us. And, and I say that this is perhaps odd in this time, because here in 2021, the idea of being near to others is a little bit unfamiliar. <laughs> in fact, we entered the year in a really interesting mind space. That the most Googled phobia at the end of 2020, and 2021, was anthropophobia. The fear of other people. The pandemic had already done a number. And this came about in a variety of different ways. In New York, for example, the most searched phobia was philophobia, the fear of falling in love. It's interesting how we have almost experienced this, this isolation and we become fearful of what it is to actually engage with others. And so the idea of God coming near to us perhaps even sparks a subtle fear within us. I'm unfamiliar with what it means to be close to anything or anyone, so let alone the God of the universe coming to be with me. Funny enough, the, the, the fear that has taken over our mindset, according to Google, and this year is in line with the vaccine coming out, so it's the fear of blood. So that, 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 that's what I think. But I think the fear of other people is fascinating, and it's, it's a funny way to begin anything. 
And it perhaps is an indicator of even what we've experienced this year in trying to gather, even for us as a church, in our social gatherings, that I think that there's been a diminishment of social stamina in how we actually experience relationship with one another. Introvert, extrovert, ambivert, it doesn't really matter where you sit on the social scale or social interaction, you can find it exhausting more so than ever, is as if our stamina has been shot, and therefore our fear sometimes feels justified. And the irony in all of it is that despite I'm, the fact that I might fear interaction with others, in many ways I crave it. I, I desire it. I plan for it. I hope for it. And the very thing that I'm planning, hoping for, and, and desiring for is the thing that I fear. And it's this clash of my desire and my reality, and we don't know what to do with it. Because rewind one year just to Christmas 2020, and we got like Zoom hangouts, we got family meals over FaceTime, and nothing was particularly wrong with that, but it wasn't what we desired. And neither was what we craved. And there was this frustration that came out of it, that loneliness, and it was isolation, and it was separation. And the thing that we needed so deeply and so truthfully actually was at the, the thing that was run over by fear itself. And here's the thing, fear is far more formative than we give it credit. We talk about in the words of Barbara Brown Taylor, we are formed by what we love. And often, waiting has a hint of fear. An uncertainty tied to it. So I marvel at the story of Christmas. That the heavenly hosts, they arrive with joyous celebration and their first prompt to those shepherds is do not be afraid. 1 John 4, 8 says that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And perfect love had come in the person of Jesus and desired to cast out fear within the first that heard the declaration of heaven. In perfect love, Jesus is doing just that. And over and over again in Jesus' ministry, he says, don't be afraid, and then he acted. He says, be not afraid, and then he spoke. Be not afraid, and he performed a miracle. Be not afraid, then he challenged. Be not afraid, and then he listened. And here's the thing. You only say don't be afraid to someone when you know that they might actually be afraid. And this is the beautiful truth of the mystery of God, that the interruption of the divine in the ongoing of humanity will always stop. Perhaps you've experienced that for yourself. And in this Christmas story, it's this repetition of divine interruption, of God being with humanity, and God wished to be present and for us to experience the fullness of that presence knowing that our fear would come into place, but yet it might block us from seeing the beauty of the presence that was given to us. The beginning of Matthew declares the arrival of Jesus, God with us. And then the end of Matthew shares the words of Jesus with a promise that I am with you always, forever and ever to the end of the age. The attribute and quality of God is so paramount that this gospel begins and ends with the reality that God is in fact with you. And I think that there is power in being present. And there's power in knowing the presence that is with you. 
last month, I had the opportunity to be out in Ontario. I was in Richmond Hill, Ontario. And there's an individual by the name of Henry Nowen. Uh, he's a prolific author. Uh, he's written many articles and books and has had incredible influence upon uh, the thoughts and function of churches and Christianity for, for people across the globe. And he's from Richmond Hill, Ontario, actually. And we just happened to be meeting at an old Catholic church, St. John's, in Richmond Hill. And this was the place where he was buried. And so I got to go out with the priest and, and, and see the site. And I, if you had a screen, I'd put it up for you, but it's just this really quaint, very neat, very humble, just wooden cross, name carved in, just a stone beside it. Very simple. But here's the thing. Just down the road is uh, an organization that he was a part of, a large daybreak community that cared for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And he had chosen this specific place to be buried because this is where individuals from that community would often find their final resting place. He did not care to be in a place of notoriety not care to be in a place that would somehow give him glory. But he chose to be buried with those that he wanted to be present with. That he was present with in his life. And here's the beautiful thing that the priest shared with him. So where he's buried, there are those around him from that community. But what they've actually done is they, they've built a little bench, right beside the grave, by the hands of those who are from that uh, large community. And weekly, they have individuals come, and they just sit. And they're just present. And they just remember, and they listen. I think there's a power to knowing that someone is present. Because to know that someone is truly present with you, in fact, it draws you to them. And such is the Christmas story. Jesus so desperately wanted all of us to know that he was with us before ever wanting you to know that he was going to do something for you or do something through you or do, or do, or do as our world would seem to equate relationship. But it was simply this declaration of heaven that Emmanuel, God with us, the presence of God was now here for all to seek and to enjoy and to be present in. And that is a beautiful place to start. In a culture and a society of do and get things done, please hear the Christmas invitation this afternoon. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. This is the beginning of the consolation that we need. Perhaps you are weary and overburdened, just beaten down by the last months. There is many a strategy and action that you are likely thinking about taking and looking to take. But this Christmas season, 
I would invite you maybe just to start with the simple realization that God is with you. Because to know that God is with us is perhaps the most restful place that our soul can go. And from that rest, we might find restoration. We might find the healing that we crave. We might find the consolation that our heart was so craving in these months previous. The beginning of consolation for the people of Israel was knowing that he was present. And the beginning of our relationship with God is to know first and foremost that God is here with us. This is my invitation. Let not your fear prevent you from seeing the beauty that God has to show you and the promise that he is with you. Because to know that God is truly with us is a revelation that draws us to him. I wish I could say that 2022 is guaranteed to go a different way. That everything will work out. I can't make that promise. I can assure you, though, that wherever you find yourself today, Know that God is with you and wants to have a relationship with you. That God has pursued you from the heavens. And if you're here today and you don't know this God of love and forgiveness, perhaps it could be a start to simply say, well, maybe you are here with me. My heart is needing consolation, needs to be comforted. Maybe I can find that to know a God that so loved the world that he gave his only son and all that is asked is to turn from our human selfish ways to repent and place our trust in Jesus the one who came, the one who saved the one who forgives and the one who makes all things new and Christmas is the beginning of all things new so may we be consoled may we be May we be restored, and may we find hope in simply knowing that God is with us. Let me close with a prayer from Henry. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people walking in the darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.